Welcome to State of Socials 2024. This webinar is designed to give you an overview of the social media trends we expect to see impact on our marketing online in 2024. If this is your first time attending one of my sessions, welcome. And if we are old friends, thanks so much for the continued support. Let's get started. So in today's webinar, I will take you through the key trends and predictions for social media marketing and the wider digital space. We will look at the leading social media platforms and pinpoint some of the key areas to pay attention to in the new year. From there, we will look at how to optimize your own strategy for social media, which will include setting achievable goals, designing a clear strategy and measuring outcomes. Okay, if we haven't met before, I'm Jess. I live in the Hunter region near Maitland. Um, so I'm about 20 minutes away from the wineries and about 45 minutes into like the beaches of Newcastle, the CBD there. I'm a mum of two. We are a defence family. So um, I'm from Lake Macquarie during the COVID era. We spent um, a bulk of our time in Western Sydney in the Hawkesbury. And now we are back um up, up where I said near Maitland there, where we've settled in. Um, we have a little dog called Calamity Jane. Um, and yeah, we're, we're very, very much settled back into to life in the Hunter region now. I am a business trainer and assessor. So I deliver accredited qualifications. So those that you might be more familiar with TAFE, um, I do them for private RTOs. So things like the Diploma of Social Media Marketing, Diploma of Leadership and Management, Diploma of Business, various other courses. Um, I'm a trainer of those predominantly. So that's about you know, 60 to 70% of my work. Um, and besides that, I do the consulting and things like this. I grew up in a small family automotive business, which I officially worked in for 12 years before taking on more teaching and then the consulting from 2017. I love training and education, um, particularly business education, which is why we're here, and facilitating learning experiences that empower my students and my clients. Thank you for downloading this webinar. I hope you enjoy today's session. Disclaimer here, so all information provided in this presentation is for educational purposes only and must be not considered business advice. Results will vary um, and obviously get personalised information and advice for your business. But in saying that, there's some great tips in here as well. Um, I'm not affiliated with any of the social media applications referred to in the training session. Any representations are used to illustrate applications to to learners for educational purposes only. Um, I don't claim to have any affiliation with the media referred to. Okay, so let's get started with some trends. So you know, after what we've seen in this year in terms of artificial intelligence, I had to start there. Um, and you know, we, we, we wanna talk about what we can expect moving forward in the AI space. Firstly, the education and learning demand will continue. Social media marketers know they are expected to have a working knowledge of using AI to optimize our resources and reduce workloads. Skills and learning in this area are only going to grow in demand. 
Next, we need to work out how AI fits into our social media marketing. This will be different for all of us. The important issue that I want to highlight is making sure our AI use enhances our brand. It connects us with our customer and we still maintain our authenticity. Um, we do have a lot of uh, you know, feedback coming from consumers and they, you know, they, they're quite open in saying that AI really affects their trust of a brand. So we really need to be, you know, thinking about that. It can save us a huge amount of time, <coughs> excuse me, but can also shatter a brand's image and public perception. We need to ensure we use AI in a way that supports our marketing. Not just our marketing, but also our personnel. Um, so if we have staff and we're expecting them to use AI, in giving them the tools um, and setting clear expectations is really important and making sure we've got that alignment with our business objectives. That demand, as I said, for authenticity has not gone away. Beyond the written and visual content creation we have seen AI disrupt already this year, we are seeing things like an uptake of AI as that productivity tool. The data that we can get from AI in terms of social listening helps feed into the trend that we're going to see so much, not just in social media, but in the wider business scope of that personalised customer interaction. So we're using AI to monitor consumers. We want to get an understanding of the audience sentiment and we can only expect that to increase, okay? Um, I'll talk a little bit about how we need to be mindful of our audience further along, but we've seen, again, with AI, the impact of chatbots. So they've creep in and this is expected to blow up in the next few years. Many chat is one that you may have heard of. It's a bit of a standout at the moment for Instagram in terms of using chatbots to um, engage and things like that. So things to look out for, things to be aware of. And my warning is always, you know, embrace these technologies, but always think back to how does this enhance my brand? How does this make my business function better? Metrics and return on investment. So I've been seeing this pop up in all sorts of articles. You know, we all, all us marketers love to do these predictions this time of year. Um, but metrics and ROI will have a bigger place um, than ever before. Um, so that is, I think what organisations will do is be more supportive of using metrics and ROI in decision making um, because we do see from all accounts we have this kind of push and pull between results the the place of social media um, but I guess my opinion is that as by behavior will most likely remain quite conservative over the next 12 months that return on investment will become even more important so we'll use it as a tool to compare platforms um, compare spending on advertising as well as allocations of resources. So within resources to each platform, but also resources in terms of the social media function. Now, what I think is what, usually the argument is that, you know, 
people outside of the marketing and social media scope in an organization just want results. They're like, social media is not working. It's not doing its job. And, you know, we've pushed back on that. And our argument has been in social media, well, no, it's about brand awareness. It's this, it's that. To be honest, I think we really need to meet in the middle more. And I do think that that's what's going to, to happen with that focus on metrics and ROI and stepping back um, to our AI and how that will contribute will be really important. Now, you may be saying ROI has always been important, which it is. However, I really feel there's going to be a doubling down on return on investment. So more measurement and more strategic decision making that is outcomes focused. I, I do think the industry will struggle with this when, you know, the common argument is that so much of socials is brand awareness. And I think more prediction on conversion will be a feature of 2024 as budgets are cut, as spending is cut, as buyers are in that state of um, being, you know, more conservative, more cautious. We argue that high engagement and views on our videos is an indication that socials are performing well. I've always struggled with this a little bit because I, you know, for me, I need some level of linking up what we're doing with our socials and our engagement and that brand awareness. I need it to link to conversion. And I think for me, that's because I come from a small business um, and I know how we would allocate our spending and what we would expect to see from it. If I was spending my whole week on socials, what we would be expecting to see as a result of that. And, you know, that is something that I've always kind of been a little bit in the middle of seeing the argument from both sides, from the social media department side and marketing side, but also from the organisational and operational level um, and a strategic level, there needs to be more meeting in the middle. And if you are the one and only person that is responsible for that, which I know a lot of you will be, you need to be thinking, okay, I want to know what I'm investing into social media in terms of time and effort and you know, what am I getting back and really measure that more, really double down on your measurements and and get some information there. Like as a small business for me, I want to know how you found me. Um, and I want to use that info to guide my marketing strategy, um, which is great. You know, if we've connected on socials first, but maybe we've met at a networking event. Okay. So I really want to use that information so that I know how to spend, you know, we're all busy. Everybody's got lives and we want to make sure we're spending our time the very best way. And that's the same if we're a solopreneur or if we're in a big organisation where we have to justify our role. A profile on socials that takes up that ton of time, you know, and you're putting so much into it, you're relying on it so much, but if it's not having, it's not contributing, if it's not having a clear role in the buyer journey, we need to revisit that. We need to look at it and make sure we do something in terms of our strategy to ensure that we're getting the most out of it. Okay, platform use. Again, this really feeds into that time-saving um, side of things. And again, particularly if you are the person who's kind of doing it all. A trend we have seen a bit this year that I expect will pick up in the next 12 months is pulling back on underperforming platforms and focusing on those that bring better results. Now, this makes sense. It's always been my line of thinking. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't think that 
all the focus just on one single platform is good, but you know, no more than three or four. Like I know big brands are spread across so many platforms and that's where I feel we'll see that pulling back. So this flows on from that return on investment we were just talking about. Um, we want to use that as a key indicator of what platforms are resonating, what platforms are bringing results. There are, there are too many platforms to be everywhere. And unless you have a huge team and an audience that is on every platform, which is unlikely anyway, it's pointless. Okay. So I will look at the main platforms again shortly. I talked about them um, and how they fit into our strategy, but really looking at a platform and assessing it and evaluating it and going, right, does this, you know, I've done my target um, audience. I've looked at who my customer is and they're not using that platform. And sometimes it might surprise you. Um, we'll talk about LinkedIn later, but um, you, we're seeing a, a major rise in, um, yeah, Instagram is great for building that profile, but I personally have found that, you know, people that look for me um, for consulting side of things, training side of things, 99% of the time it's coming from LinkedIn or they, you know, they're adding me on LinkedIn, that sort of thing, because of the credibility that you have over there in terms of being able to have you know, your whole resume or your qualifications or your experience. You've got real life people that um, you know, are supporting and backing up what you're claiming. I you know, really evaluate those platforms and something like LinkedIn where people go, oh no, I don't want my business on there or whatever. You know, the stats are showing that business to business, particularly professional services, business services, that's where we need to be. So um, really being kind of really brutal in how we look at what platforms we're using and what they're doing for us um, is really important you know, in terms of, of cutting cost, in terms of cutting down on the time spent because time is cost. Your time is a resource and you know, if we've talked before, you know that I'm so big on doing things um, as effectively and efficiently as we possibly can. But let's talk about content formats. So this one's a bit interesting. Um, so you know, think about the format in terms of video, photos, graphics, written, audio, that's what I'm talking about here. Now, video has, so since 2020, our friend TikTok came onto the scene. Video has been one of those things that you, <laughs> it's very hard to escape. But this year we saw threads burst onto the social media scene and it did highlight our thirst for text-based content. Obviously, there was that high uptake when it um, first started, but it's still there. If you go on there... There is some really great communities being built and people that are sticking with it are really using it particularly to align their personal brand. We are seeing great engagement with text-based on Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, and LinkedIn is doing more to promote that, you know, that article and that collaborative um, contribution in the written form. Huge on LinkedIn. So then in contrast, we've got TikTok, we've got YouTube, um, and probably you know, 60%, 70% of Instagram, the core is that video content. I think brands in the new year and the years moving forward will work harder to have a unique content strategy. 
whether that is concentrating on a particular method and form or bringing in creators and influencers with niche content. Um, you know, we're, we're a fair way down the path of social media now. And what we were teaching, you know, 2017, 2018, it was very much, it was kind of like, you know, the first textbooks you read on a subject. And we were all doing the similar similar things. And now we're getting to that point where usage is huge. Content, the amount of content is huge. We need to do things that are unique to stand out. So just like as a business, we need our unique selling position. Our content is going to have to work harder and really showcase its own uniqueness as content. Okay, not so much as you as the business, but what's unique about the content that you put out, what's engaging, what's entertaining, what's going to bring people in and bring them to um, your page over somebody else's. And I think that's, you know, something to be conscious of. Um, I know when, you know, I just write a lot of my captions and advice just, you know, straight out of experience, things I've seen. And, you know, feedback is always that, that authenticity is there that you know I talk in my captions and on my videos on these sorts of things how I would if you were sitting across from me and that's kind of I guess my unique selling point at this this point in time my content is very much just me in teacher trainer mode um and you know we all need to find that and it doesn't mean it won't shift and change as time goes on for me and for you but definitely um thinking about how your content is stands out in the sea of content is really important. Now, the general consensus from the industry is that video content will dominate, which I don't dispute. However, I do think that with video already at such a high level, um, it's so concentrated. Audience will be seeking that unique to go, that unique, that's something that, you know, when you go on and you're like, oh, I'm going to look up so-and-so, what are they up to? What have they put out? And I have people that I do that too because it's always, there's something different about it. When it's the, st- the same stock standard um, looking, like, you know, it just looks the same. It just all blends. See, it could be anybody's content. There's nothing individual there. There's nothing that brings us in. So I think audiences will be seeking the unique um and that could be anything. And it could be to go with the video content. So maybe a bit of more of a return and push to ebooks, um, blogs, webinars like this. Um, I think there will be a demand for supporting content like we saw five or six years ago. I, I honestly feel like um, we have a bit of a tired audience that you know, really, and I think you saw that with threads that you know everybody jumped on. There was that excitement because it was, it was something different. And I think that, we can't really rely on an app to do that for us. We need to use those apps to inject something new ourselves. I really do think that is the case. A few more predictions. Platform concentration. So this stems from those trends that um, we've looked at earlier. I see brands making strategic decisions to concentrate their efforts on standing out on one platform with lesser presence on two or three others as backup. So one main platform and two or three others as backup. This is something that I've kind of you know done by default. Mine was always Instagram and then back up to that, a Facebook, a LinkedIn, um, and even a little bit of Pinterest. 
And I really am finding that day that there is that these days, there's a shift between Instagram definitely still has its place. Um, but I see Instagram a little bit secondary to LinkedIn in my case of being business to business training, that sort of thing, professional services. So what we need to do to actually do this well, to, you know, to pick where our, our concentration should be platform wise, selecting the channel where metrics and research shows our target audience is most likely to hang out. We want a few secondary platforms, like I said, um, and this is what I have often suggested to any of you that um, have chatted with me before. I often say, you know, particularly when it's us doing it all ourselves, pick that platform, master that, then um, maybe like introduce a secondary platform as a backup and not go too big. I think that this is something that bigger organisations will do. Like I said earlier on in relation to a few other things is I do think that those organisations will double down on platforms and just get rid of things that um, basically, you know, you go onto their profile, there's nothing there, there's no engagement. I don't feel like they're doing themselves a service by just being there. They'd be better off not having a profile in my with lesser presence on two or three others as backup. This would mean selecting the channel where metrics and research shows our target audience is most likely to hang out. We'd want a few secondary platforms, um, but this is often what I've suggested to small business owners, but I think it will be something that bigger organisations will do too. We see a lot of brands be everywhere, but not really stand out anywhere. This I feel needs to change. If influencers have, have taught us anything, it's build a strong community on one platform and then leverage that platform elsewhere. And I feel that even though many of us have done that as small businesses, I feel that bigger organisations will do that as well. Written and long form content. Um, so longer format content such as articles, um, even longer videos that go for quite a while, so maybe over for YouTube, podcasts, blogs, particularly with the assistance of AI now that you know, it's saving us time in terms of prep and research. I do feel brands will expand their long-form content, particularly when creating with the intention to repurpose that content and get the most out of it. Um, I feel the video in the last three years has pushed long-form content to the side a little bit, but now that um, even with that dominating, I feel that because we've got that support from AI, those longer content forms can be used to support the buyer journey. Um, so there I'm thinking well, you know, a bit of a return to the ebook and things like that. We have to mention nostalgia, um, pop culture and our love for all things 80s, 90s, noughties definitely will continue, in my opinion, in 2024. All reports indicate entertainment is a key requirement for audiences. They go on social seeking something to keep them occupied, motivated or inspired. They want you to teach them, show them, help them. Now, nostalgia has been such a huge player in the social media landscape because it gives us common ground with the audience to connect on something from the past. It brings trust and relatability. So when we're trying to teach them, show them, help them, we've got something to connect with. We've got that baseline. I've also seen a lot from the graphic design industry suggesting lots of bubble text, millennial pink, which I'm very happy about, and retro imagery. Personally, I think there is a chance we might 
get a bit over the 90s flashbacks and um, those pop culture moments just a little bit. And, you know, in an effort to stand out, some brands might dip into other areas or even that more futuristic branding. So that'll be something to, that's a bit of an off-the-cuff prediction, but it is something that I feel we might see. Now, let's have a look at our major platforms, starting with Instagram. Um, A few things that um, I've got written down here to to go over. (laughs) I do feel like there might be a bit of a pullback on Reels, not stopping Reels or anything like that, but a bit more of like what we've seen this year where, you know, they came out and said, okay, we're a video sharing app, and then this year they've really pulled back on that and gone, no, 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 photos are still good too. And everybody's scratching their head going, well, what do I do? I feel like that they will put some kind of focus on evening out that reach, which they kind of already have. I just feel like that will continue. Um, I still believe that stories are the best place to connect and convert with a warm audience. If they're getting your stories, they're already following you, they're familiar with you, they've checked your profile, they like the look of you, that's your opportunity to connect. Now, Reels not just for Instagram, they're showing up on Facebook, okay? Now, what we want to do is make sure that we have a strategy that accounts for that. So I'll talk about that in a moment when I talk about Facebook. Make sure you use captions on videos. So think about um, making sure that people that are watching on silent are watching captioned videos. Don't stop doing that. Um, Also, user-generated content is another big area for Instagram. So the push for authenticity will continue. I think we'll see more brand partnerships with micro and nano influencers who have small but engaged audiences, budget-friendly and obviously high ROI. Facebook. For me, the second half of this year has felt like a Facebook resurgence and data is is supporting this. The app hit 2 billion daily users for the first time ever this year. I think a big part of that is to do with the integration of Reels and Threads. Um, That's a real standout for me. So the content from Reels on Instagram and the Threads from the new Threads app is being pushed to Facebook. So I feel it's really important not to underestimate the stablemate that is Facebook and that push that they want that to be a central part of the meta family. Um, So consider Reels when you're creating for Instagram sharing them automatically over to Facebook and making sure that, you know, or you're selecting the ones to share over to Facebook that fit in with your brand there. TikTok. TikTok is definitely growing, evolving. I feel like the influencer space on TikTok is very important. It's it's important if you're going to work with influencers that you, know, you can look at TikTok particularly if you are marketing you know, to consumers, less business to business, but still a place, but definitely to consumers. Brands themselves that adapt to the conversational nat- nature of TikTok also perform well. So people want that little bit raw, behind the scenes. Um, and I think the biggest thing with TikTok is to think about your ability to feed the TikTok beast, I suppose. If you have the ability to create video content regularly and your brand matches the TikTok demographic, so important, um, the platform may be your first choice channel in 2024, even if you haven't been on there previously. 
LinkedIn. Definitely want to talk about LinkedIn. It's the platform I feel will grow and adapt the most over the next year, particularly, like I said before, in business to business and professional services. We have seen the uptake of posting more personal content, and it seems this will continue. Um, The key is building a personal brand through storytelling, but remember we don't need to go beyond our boundaries in order to have an impact. You may have also noticed the push to contribute to articles, um, which is another great credibility-building feature. I know I've had things up where it said you, you know, it wants you to contribute to this and contribute to that. Um, and just, yeah, the nature of LinkedIn, there's so much possibility there. So definitely uh, keep your eye on that for the new year. YouTube, um, I've, I just want to talk about shorts for YouTube. Again, that short-form video content that we love from Reels, we love from TikTok. Shorts is the YouTube version. Um, same format so that the same, you know, like it looks like a story. Um, I feel stories, they're very underrated besides from the YouTubers that are using them. Um, but that, you know, that vertical layout feature, it's built into the YouTube app. There's huge potential there. And if you're already, um, making reels and TikToks and have lots of video content, YouTube shorts might be an interesting feature to test. It's part of Google. It's, you know, I I really feel like YouTube shorts need to get some attention in 2024. Last but not least, Pinterest. Um, Pinterest is still an amazing tool. Now it's long functioned as a research tool and search engine. Moving forward, the platform has not escaped the push for video content um my hot tip for pinterest is jumping on there's a pinterest trends page you can research specific trends what's happening on the app so that the content you create will resonate with what's in demand on there um but yeah it's it's a great platform in terms of connecting it has always had its own unique interface there's a unique user experience so consumers often report that they research and shop through the platform which is very different to our social platforms um like instagram and facebook like pinterest is people actively going on researching to buy um and and a lot of interest in areas that are seasonal or event-based you know like weddings things like that um decorating for a certain season or event the platform can be great for seo as well and driving that website traffic which is so important okay so we're going to move into the last portion of today's webinar which is getting your strategy ready to head into 2024 and hit some social media goals Um, what i'm going to start with here is the smart model I have no doubt you've seen the SMART model for goal setting before, but it is such a great tool for planning, implementing, and monitoring our social media activities. You want to start with your business goals and your marketing goals. These should be used as your basis for your social media goals. And that is my biggest tip ever is don't make social media goals before you've made business and marketing goals. Whenever we are doing whatever we're doing I should say on socials we want to be able to link it back to our goals and our purpose goals will need to follow this model to to work um, on socials because these five areas are like a test that we're going to apply on our goal so let's work through an example together 
our goal for is that we will utilize Instagram stories to drive downloads of our ebook. Our goal is 20 ebook downloads per month. So let's apply the smart model to that. Is it specific? So is it detailed and precise? It's 20 ebooks. I think that it's specific enough. It's clear what we're trying to do. We want 20 ebooks to be downloaded in a month. Is it measurable? Can we quantify the goal? Well, yeah, 20 per month. Attainable. Is the goal realistic? And can we deliver? So is the ebook ready to go? We haven't written it yet. Okay. Is it attainable? Are we setting ourselves up for something we can't do? Is it relevant? Does the goal align with our business strategy? Well, yes, we want people to download the ebook. It's the next part of our step. Um, it's so important though. We need to be able to link up our goal to our broader objectives. I need to be clear how this contributes. So I might say, yes, the ebook is a 10-page guide that gives people an opportunity to experience my service and it is the first step of my lead nurturing process. Okay, cool. Now, last one, last part of the test. Is it timely? Have I set a deadline? Let's go back. I said my goal is 20 ebook downloads per month. Is there a clear deadline there? No. So I did this on purpose to highlight how easy it is for a goal to sound good but fall down. I need to set a time frame. So I might say 20 downloads per month by April 2024. Because then I can set a KPI for that and I can measure and make sure that I'm on track to hit my goal. This goal setting leads us straight into our social media strategy. Let's quickly break down what goes into a social media strategy. Vision and mission statements. When it comes to vision and mission statements, I find most of my students struggle with here on how to get started. Your vision statement is a long-term projection of what the business is looking to achieve. For example, for Jessica Coates Business Solutions, my vision is to be a leader in business education, empowering learners and business owners through knowledge. The mission is what we do every day to achieve our vision. So I might say my mission is to provide quality customized training opportunities, something like that. Okay, um, you know, I, I want it to be something that I can live and breathe each day in terms of what I do. Um, and I'll put keywords in there, you know, that it's credible, it's qualification backed and things like that. Target audience, knowing what drives our customer, what they will expect of our brand and connect with is more crucial than ever. We're going up against robots. So as AI infiltrates content, we need to be able to bring the same feelings of authenticity and credibility to our audience. You know, they, they expect that from us. I love a good buyer persona. Um, if you've followed me for more than five minutes, you'd probably know that. You can Google a template. Um, and what you're doing is you're profiling your typical customer. You want to give them a name, give them a face. Know who you're talking to, what's motivating them, and what they're looking for. Communication channels. So here we just think about, you know, the platforms we've just spoken about or any others that might be relevant. We assess those platforms. We select our platforms based on where your ideal customer connects. 
look at the platforms, identify the who, why, how, when, and what of your target audience in relation to each platform. There will be clear channels suited to your customer. You need to do this for your communication beyond socials too. So as part of your wider marketing plan. Content pillars. You would have heard this thrown around a lot. And basically, content creation can be super time consuming. I don't have to tell you this. So having a list of the topics, themes, um, main core ideas that you use in your social media marketing is important. It keeps us aligned with our goals. It helps us to know what content is getting the best engagement and best response. And it helps us align with what our customer needs are so that we can educate and inform. Okay, so this can help us make some kind of content plan. Now, when it comes to a social media strategy, this isn't saying I'm going to post this picture on a certain day with this caption. Okay, so that's your content planning and scheduling. And when it comes to, you know, so we've just done content pillars here, what we're going to talk about, your next step would go into more that content planning and content strategy. To be honest, it just depends on the business. You know, I often, I don't really batch um, content. I'll do maybe a few posts at a time and then schedule them. Um, I like to, as you know, um, again, if, if we've met or you've followed me a while, I will see things and you know, post about different happenings and issues that I'm seeing. I, I've kind of, and guided by the conversations I'm having and things like that. And I can't plan that three months in advance. But in saying that, there are still core content pillars that are aligned with what I do and what I'll post on my business page. And you know, they will be around business education, training. Um, leadership, management, those key areas that I teach, um, definitely social media, definitely marketing. Um, but yeah, I will stick to those core areas, personal branding, um, leadership, like, you know, and that's what's expected of me to be talking about. Um, it doesn't mean that I won't throw extra things in there from time to time, but I know what my core audience is there for and what I, what education, what um, kind of what voice I'm providing in this space. Okay, so it's important that we know that. Important tools. So this is probably one of the most important parts of today's webinar. Tracking data and using the information we have available is crucial. So there are numerous insights available within all the platforms we've looked at today. You may be familiar with most, but making sure you have a system to track and report is crucial. I don't want you to look at it every single day or anything like that. It's to get a feel of where we're at over a selected period of time. Insights tell us what content performs best, where our audience comes from, and so much more. Using this data to support not only our future content, but also reflecting on past performance is a key part of the process. Now, reviewing and measuring is the part that I always find that people want to leave out. Okay. <coughs> so they'll review it based on how they think it's going, but not really look at the data. They'll just, oh yeah, business is good. <laughs> and that will be it. We can really tweak and refine. And we have so much data at our fingertips that's provided to us. It's really important that we use it. Sales. 
So get a mechanism in place to attribute sales to socials. We want to know where people found us. Get them to tag us and link conversions beyond brand awareness. So, you know, we want to justify the social media function. Back when I talked about, you know, being um, more considered and concentrating on certain platforms, we want to know in particular where our customers are finding us, how we're ending up with those customers. Are we meeting them at networking events and the social media is just supporting that, you know, they you know, they add us at the event, they go on, they have a look and go, oh, yep, this person's credible. How, what's the function? What's the process? What's the buyer journey? We want as much detail as we can, which leads into my third point there of feedback. Look at the comments. Look at reviews. Utilize the data that customers are providing. Socials can be an amazing source of customer data. As mentioned earlier, we are seeing AI play more of a role here, which will help us target our core, core audience even more intentionally moving forward. And that's it for today. Again, thank you for joining me for this webinar. I'd love to hear from you and connect with you on socials. If you have any questions, definitely let me know. My handle on Instagram is at Jessica Coates Business Solutions. You can also find me at Jess Coates Judson for more personal behind the scenes. Um, I also have Hey Bossy Co and Hunter Business Collective on Facebook and Insta. You can also take the easy way and find links to everything um, just on the website, jesscoats.com. If you would like to book a one-on-one -on -one consult, I do have limited availability, but you can uh, email me, jessicacoatesbusinesssolutions at outlook.com to organize a session or contact me on socials. I wish you all the very best for 2024, and I hope we can talk all things business and marketing again very soon. Thank you.